FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome, everybody. You're listening on 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are, positively different radio in the morning. Lawson and myself giving a big shout-out this morning to those listening in Landsborough in Queensland on 87.6, in Mergen in, also in Queensland on 87.6. We have a bit of a Queensland theme this morning. Uh, Caboolture in Queensland on 88.0. If you are listening from one of those transmitters, give us a call or send us a text message. We'd love to hear from you. You're giving them a shout-out. Yes. I'm acknowledging that, yes, they exist. Yes. Thanks for listening to the show. Yes. I don't like Queensland. No. <laughs> <laughs> Queensland is epic. Queensland has sun. We have sun. Yes. We actually have a lot of sun. We had place. a good sunny day oh, yesterday. Oh, just amazing. Actually, speaking of what I'm grateful for, I yes. had a fantastic weekend. Like, it was so epic. I preached on Saturday. Then in the afternoon, we had a baptism. A guy I've been studying the Bible with got baptized. Then afterwards, you know, hanging out and eating food. And then yesterday, we had like a going away lunch for someone. And then we That's played... That's sad. Sorry? That's a bit sad. What? A going away party. Yeah, but it was it was fun because we got to celebrate that person, you know. Obviously, we don't want those people to leave, but they have to leave, you know. That's the nature of life. Oh, we had a going away party. We're, we're <laughs> thankful that we got to know this person. Yes. And then we played volleyball after in the sun, and it was so, so incredibly amazing and fun. And also because it's not very hot right now, like we were just going hard. Uh-huh. It was uh-huh. awesome. Perfect weather for us. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're about to get into our quiz for the day, and Lawson is about to bring it to you. We are also going to be having some positively different news. What are you talking about in positively different news this morning, Lawson? I, I I'm talking about animals, bro. Like cute furry ones or nasty little insects. No, or... no, cute furry ones that are also incredibly aggressive and gnarly, as well as ones that swim around and are cute. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah, just. Epic, so, epic animals. Weekly fluff. No, no, this is fantastic news. Yeah. Before we get into it, we need no, to... No, I'm talking about fluff news. It's, like, it's not oh, fluffy okay. news. Oh, it's, it's like it's literal fluff. Literal fluff. Yeah, that's that's yes. right. We'll, we'll get there in a little bit, but hey, we got to start off with our first question for the quiz, which is, what were the Jewish leaders willing to kick people out of if they believed Jesus was the Messiah? Okay, so there was a place, and if you believe Jesus was the Messiah, they were like, you can't hang out with us anymore. You can't be here. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And our prize for this week, we're going to, last week we were enabling you to be theologians. This week, we're enabling you to beat your friends in board games. Or maybe this, is this a collaborative one, or is this like a 1v1 type deal? Like, is this... PvP, I, I don't know. Regardless, this is a an incredible board game called Snake Bites and Shipwrecks, and it's all about the travels of Paul. So essentially, following his ministry journey and going the places where he went in this epic board game, and I assume that you you know you're racing through each one of these you know, checkpoints ultimately to complete the game. There, this game is fantastic. I'll explain a little bit more how to play, you know, in coming up. But again, that Once question he played, was. He knows, that and he knows how it works. That's right, that's right. We'll, but we'll hey. We'll a game here on the side, shall we? <laughs> For sure. Oh, we should just play a game live. 
Like we should just we should just people do that on YouTube and people watch that. That's right. Now like where are people play games live? It's just like now mm-hmm. we're on and it's actually really entertaining. It's a big thing. It, but like we're here on the radio, so I don't know how that would, we just have to describe. We'll kind of be like watching the te- like we're listening to the tennis or the footy over the radio. But hey, that question again was what were the Jewish leaders willing to kick people out of if they believed Jesus was the Messiah? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. Fantastic. All right, let's have some weekly fluff. Let's talk about some fluffy furry animals that are kind of hectic as well. We're going to talk about tigers. They are hectic. They are a fluffy furry animal, very beautiful, very majestic and elegant, but also pretty scary. But they're also an animal that has been facing extinction for a long time, and there have been several concerted efforts to <laughs> enable that because of poaching, and there have been several concerted efforts to prevent that because of conservation. Now, numbers have come out. Uh, actually, as of July 29th, which was National Tiger Day, uh, if you didn't know. Now, so, are we talking about all tigers? Are we talking about Bengal tigers or white tigers? We're talking or- about tigers who live in Nepal. Oh, Nepalese tigers? Nepalese tigers. Sorry, it's not is, National is, Tiger Day. Like it's that, Global isn't, Tiger Isn't it the day. Bengal tiger? I'm... Yes. I'm, yes. Yes, it, yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. But stripy they, ones. But they live in Nepal. Yes. That's where they reside. Yellow stripy ones. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. Those ones. Yeah. So, apparently, mm-hmm. according to the research, mm-hmm. there has been a 190% increase in the amount of Bengal tigers in that Nepal is very since 2009. Cool. Whoa, that's in a very short space of time. They are they are coming back. They are getting it done. So obviously this that's has amazing. been a result of intense uh, <laughs> conservation efforts on the part of, you know, the Nepalese government and the the people who are working in that field in conservation as well. They have a an area of eighteen thousand square kilometers to look after and look over to help and, and enable these tigers. And yeah, as as a result, you know, they have seen this incredible increase. In twenty ten they had this like summit summit with all the governments of the world called TX two. And at TX two twenty ten in St. Petersburg, they essentially you know Increasing the amount of tigers was one of their goals. They were they were calling it the the double wild tigers initiative, which was we're going to double the amount of tigers. So this was in 2010. Well, they should have more than doubled them if they're getting that kind of percentage increase. They, they've tripled them. That's amazing. So we have well and truly hit our goals. You know, as a result of the amazing efforts that's going on there by WWF Nepal. So what are they? What what are the major strategies that they're using? I mean, are these guys are they just you know, stopped poaching. Stopped poaching. That's like, it. Just stop poaching and a a one like start like okay. There's other uh, factors that affect tiger population that they can you know they can help the tigers mate. They can look after young tigers. So you know don't get it maybe attacked by other predators or whatnot. But like a one stop, stop poaching. poaching. This is this is the thing that is. Like most of your like species that are like because tigers are natural predators, and there's no lack of food in Nepal or you know in the areas where tigers are living. No, the thing that is running tigers' numbers low is 100% poaching. Poaching. And are these being poached for their skins and uh, for um, uh, making um, stuffed ones? What are they called? Um, 
Taxidermy? Taxidermy, yeah. Skins, uh, their bones, you know, like pretty much all animals, you know, every, like lots of their organs have different uses and whatnot. But, but yeah, it's mostly their skin. Yep. So, so people are getting in there. I mean, as far as the big cats go, tigers, leopards, they have the most epic skin It's ever. so much. So I'm like... You know, the light, like everyone's like, yeah, the king of the jungle is the lion. Dude, tigers, no, the tigers is tigers all day long. So much cooler and so much more awesome and sneaky. Like, lions just lay around. Although, although, is the tiger the king of the jungle? Uh huh. What would is you it say? The, is it the bear or the elephant? Okay. I would be inclined to side with the bear. They've just got so much defense and they, they just have no care. Yeah, I mean, I remember reading a story of a man who was hunting a man-eating tiger, mm-hmm. sitting up over a kill. Uh, the man-eating tiger arrived and he was un- unable to get a shot at it, couldn't get an angle where he could get a shot. Mm-hmm. And so he was waiting for the tiger to move so he could take a shot. And an Asiatic bear came up over the top of the hill, saw the tiger on its kill, and it's the tiger's own kill. Mm-hmm came roaring down the hillside in a rage of fury and drove the tiger off its own kill. Yeah. And it's like half the size of the tiger. Oh, so it's a small bear. Yeah, these are small bears. They're Asiatic bears. They're not like big brown bears in America. So I'm kind of wow. thinking maybe bears are the king of the jungle. Well, if you think about like a big grizzly bear. But isn't the elephant? I mean, an elephant could just stand on one. Yeah, but I feel like if you had a group of tigers, the elephant would then be susceptible. But then if you have a group of elephants. Yeah, I would want to take on a group of elephants. Dude, don't worry. Like, <laughs> no. I would like to live. <laughs> so, but this is fantastic news just seeing this fact. Tell of, us what tell us what animal you think the king of the the king of the jungle is. So is it the lion? Is it the leopard? Is it the tiger? Is it one of the big cats or is it a bear? Is it an elephant? I mean the elephant's got size and weight. Mm. And intelligence. Or is it the human? Ooh, apex predator right there. Yeah. Mm, maybe. Hey. Maybe. There you go. 0491-064-669. Now, I want to talk about turtles too, because in Georgia, like in the United States, they've seen a record increase of turtles. They counted on Georgia beaches 3,960 turtle nests, which is the highest count they've had for turtle nests in 33 years. So since 1989. That's very cool. But also, I watched this video on Instagram that was so funny, and it's this whole page dedicated to this turtle who, when it's sees a particular color shoe like specifically like darker color shoes it just goes hard and just starts attacking it and ramming it with its shell it's the funniest thing ever it just won't stop until you take the shoe away <laughs> so it sees a shoe so then what they do is they put dark color shoe it's like this is a threat it puts i don't know what kind of turtle that is that's a weird looking turtle that, i'm gonna go and smash it they put white tape over the shoe and it just ignores it just like walks around it's just like it doesn't acknowledge it as living at all like it's just like oh there's nothing there and then they yes. take the tape off and then it like sees it and it's like oh it's go time and it just attacks this shoe and you know what this could you could call this fluffy news but i, I, I saw this i was like for i went into a big instagram hole just watching all the videos of this turtle attacking shoes because i thought it was so funny <laughs> and especially because it's like a small it's a good thing it's not a snapping turtle it, no this is like a small little tortoise and it's just like slowly walks up and then it puts its head, you know, into its shell and just starts ramming this thing. But I mean, if there's a snapping turtle and you were wearing dark shoes, oh, you'd you're take your toes gone, off. You were just like they big are chunks. insane. They are nuts. This one is more harmless. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
Let's have another quiz for our another question for our quiz. Another question for our quiz. And some more details on this game. Yeah, for sure. So Jonah was called to call what city to repentance? Let me read that one more time. Jonah was called to call what city to repentance? And if you know the answer to that one, of course, uh, snake bites and shipwrecks will be your prize. All about Paul's journey and his traveling. Now, we did some research into the game, and essentially this functions, it's kind of like a geography tile building game. So you're mapping out the places where Paul went on each person's turn, and it's it's... It's epic. Like you're you're kind of creating this big map of what he did. So zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. This is a game that can be played. The the recommended age is ten years and up. So if you got kids or you know children that would love to play this game, it would be a fantastic resource. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Jonah was called to call what city to repentance? Okay, so Braden's text is through to say that lions can't be the king of the jungle because they don't live in the jungle. Where do they live? The, the savannah. Wait. They, they, do. They, don't, they don't live in the jungle. King of the savannah, maybe. As for which is the king of the jungle, I thought they had to be the predators, so maybe the bear. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, God is the king of everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Of course, if you have kids and uh, go, go to church, you know the song, you know, who's the king of the jungle? Roar. That's, they say that's the yeah. lion, right? Yeah. That's, 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 theolo- that's, no, not theologically, but uh, biologically, something or other, <laughs> correct. Fracco says that ant is the king of the jungle. Oh, wow. Yes. That's kind of like the same logic to say, like, the, the rat is the king of the city. Oh, okay. Well, I, I actually agree with Freco on this. Uh-huh. Because uh, there's one quadrillion ants in the world. That's insane. That's one with 15 zeros after it. Uh-huh. That's a lot of ants. Uh-huh. And uh, if I was an ant, I would be able to pick up a motor vehicle weighing three and a half tons and walk off with it uh-huh. for a very long distance and then carry it down a hole and bury it somewhere and uh-huh. use it for something useful. Do you think there's more ants in the world or more doors in the world? There's more ants. More what? ants. More ants in the world than anything else. Really? Yeah, that's my thought. Ah, uh, okay. My theory. Have you have you heard about doors and wheels? No. You, are there more doors in the world or more wheels in the world? I have no idea. It's it's a perplexing question. I'll I'll leave that I, I, I'll leave that to I listeners to think through. I don't through. need to be perplexed by it. Okay. Well, <laughs> which is solved? Which is the king of the jungle? Okay, the ants. Uh, Franco <laughs> specifically says the army ant. Okay. But, I think ants in general. Just anyway, let's talk about familiarism. Familiarism. Okay. So this is a newism for the perpetually offended and victimised to be offended and victimised by, just in case they were running out of things to feel like being offended and victimised by. All right. Before the show, you called me this, so I'm ready to be offended. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're good. You're all set, ready to go. Yeah. It's being described as the new racism. Huh? It's being described as the new racism. Familiarism. Uh huh. So basically, and this is according to a consulting company in the United States called US2. This is a company that is used by Michigan schools for social justice, equality, diversity, and inclusion consulting. Um, and uh, they state that you know the Health Services and Resource Administration defines family as uh, family is a group of two or more persons related by birth, marriage, or adoption who live together, all such Related persons are considered members of one family, and they say this is a form of familiarism, which is equal to racism. Uh. 
Okay, so and and they t- say that because this is a definition that is used by government, it's an example of systemic familiarism. So to define yeah. f- familiarism, familiarism is is stereotyping on the basis or assumption of family structure, primarily the assumption that blood relatives are the best persons to be family members and any assumption that the nuclear family is the ideal. I don't think anyone's assuming that. I think every piece of research that has ever been produced has revealed that Mm -hmm. the nuclear family is the ideal. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't live in a world where, you know, we often get to see the ideal, but when we do see the ideal, it has always produced the most success. And the really bizarre thing about this is, you know, I think about the efforts that we've made with, you know, Department of Community Services and so forth over the last 20, 30 years, the philosophy has been keep the children with their biological family at all costs if you possibly can because that's going to give the best outcome for those children, take them away from their blood relatives and it's not going to be as good for them. Mm. And now we're saying that, oh, no, no, that kind of attitude is the equivalent of racism. Mm-hmm. This is really weird stuff. So, like, I just, I don't understand what then they're advocating for. Like, do they want children to well, not Well, basically what families? they're saying is, no, yeah, that's right. Basically what they're saying is that the nuclear family is a social construct that is based in uh, patriarchy and is not the best, not necessarily the best for society. And if you assume that that's the ideal for society, then you are oppressing people who do not come from that particular background, like you and I. So, I are they so you and I can feel oppressed because we, you know, at some portion portions of our life lived in a single parent home. Yeah. So, do they want to take my kids? It's <laughs> kind of weird. Here's, here's another definition. Um, this one is a definition of familiarism or familism is an ideology that puts priority to the nuclear family mm-hmm. or, uh, as the central and primary social unit of human ordering and the principal unit of a functioning society and civilization. Oh, that's, 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 that's fair enough. I'm, mm. If that's the case, then I'm fully familial. Mm. Um, and so what US2 is calling for is, amongst other things, uh, biology-free definition of men and women. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have chest-feeding people and menstruating people rather than men and women. Mm. So it starts there, but now there's no such thing as parents. Yeah. You don't ask a child who their parents are because that's oppressive. You have to ask them who are your, your designated adults? Yikes. <laughs> Why? Why? Like, oh, Okay, so we could laugh at this, on. but okay. So, and, and they call on us to examine. It says, examine your own implicit biases around familiarism and identify where your biases may have originated. Well, my biases have originated from every piece of research that has ever existed mm-hmm. combined with what the Bible says because I'm a Christian. Yep. It, so I can argue it from either perspective. Yeah. If you don't want to take, if you want to take God out of the equation, fine. And anecdotally as well. Yes. So yeah, it's a it's a triple whammy right there. But okay, so uh, somebody who is not familial, uh, anti-familialism, uh, does not deny the nuclear family. It states that all family structures are of equal value. 
They go on to state, this is uh, US 2, that Christianity was one justification that European powers used to colonize, colonize and exploit Africa. So here's where it really comes out. So up until this particular point, they've just been talking about familiarism. But now, further on in the document, you actually find out what they're really after, what they really hate, mm. which is Christianity. So that Christianity was one of the one justification that European powers used to colonize and exploit Africa. Too many European to to many European nations, Christianity represented Western civilization and the basis for Anglo-Saxon morality. Christianity served as a major force in the partition and eventual colonization of Africa. And one of the reasons they're using Africa as an example because they had in Africa uh, families that were uh, polygamous. Mm. We had one man and lots of wives mm. and. Christianity went in there and said that's wrong, and they're saying, and they're oh, arguing that's a that that's a good thing that they were polygamous. Yes, well, they're they're arguing that that was that that shouldn't have been done away with because that was a part of their culture and it was equally good as anything else. Obviously, never seen any kind of research whatsoever at all. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is you go to the Communist Manifesto of 1848 and read what Karl Marx said. He describes how the bourgeoisie. bourgeoisie mm-hmm or monogamous two-parent family has as its foundation capital and private gain. Mm -hmm. He pointed out that this family existed only in its full form among among the bourgeoisie or upper classes, and it was nearly absent amongst the exploited proletariat or working class. Now, to me, there seems to be a very simple equation right here, and that simple equation is that... The nuclear family produces success, and success produces wealth. Isn't that just the best argument for firstly the nuclear family, but also That's what I'm reading this capitalism as well? <laughs> so he believed that the vanishment of capital would result in the vanishment of the monogamous marriage. Um, in the origin of a family, private property in the state, published in 1884, Frederick Engels was also extremely critical of the monogamous two-parent family and viewed it as one of many institutions for the division of labour in capitalist society. Engels viewed the sole aim of monogamous marriage as making the man supreme in the family. Monogamous marriage made explicit the subjugation of one sex by the other, the wife in the marriage with one exploitation and prostitution as she sells her body once and all for all into slavery. What? Yeah, this is... This is... This is... This is the brave new world in which we live. And so US2 listed this particular ism along, uh, alongside another, uh, a bunch of other isms that I don't have time to get into this morning because mm-hmm. I'm way over time. But this is a sign of the times. The Bible says that one of the signs that Jesus was coming back soon was would, it would be as it was in the days of Lot. This is what we should expect. We should expect mm. attacks on morality as defined by the Bible and defined by research.
That was Hayden Wiseman with Oh How He Loves Me, You and Me. Now, we're going to have an interview with him very, very soon. But before we get into it, we're going to have another question for the quiz. So our next question is, which disciple was the brother of Peter? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. Pretty simple question there. Which disciple was the brother of Peter? 0491-064-669. Of course, this week, our prize is Shipwrecks and Snake Bites, the board game all about mapping out Paul's journey. And you kind of create, you know, put down different tiles so that you can expand your board and whatnot and work your way through. 0491-064-669. Which disciple was the brother of Peter? Peter. Yeah, that sounds like a super cool one to win. I actually want to really play this game. I've never heard of it before, but just the title, it catches my attention. And uh, so, But anyway, it's not for us to win, Lawson. We don't get to compete. Let's see what you can come up with, see if you can find an answer to the question. Uh, number to call, of course, once again, or text. We'd love to hear from you, uh, hear what you have to say about the first half of the program today, 0491-064-669. Now, I hope you're enjoying that song that was played, which was absolutely amazing by Hayden Wiseman, just as we were getting started on the interview. Uh, right now, we have Hayden joining us on the phone. Yeah, Hayden, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you going? Oh, fantastic. You know, we're just in the studio this morning, uh, speaking, living our best lives. How, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, really good. Really good. Amazing. Well, we wanted to talk to you this morning because you are engaging, you are endeavouring to do a, a number of concerts in the West, in Western Australia. But before we get into that, uh, we wanted to start with just getting into your journey and your background of faith and, and what it is that's probably motivated this concert, all the way starting with who you are and, and where you've come from. So I guess my first question is just right there. Hayden, who are you? Where have you, where have you come from? Well, I actually come from a very different background to what I'm doing now. I grew up on a, a farm with thousands of acres of different kinds of crop farming in West New South Wales mm. and um, so yeah lots of tractor driving and lots of really hard work um, and I, I guess I always learned to work hard but I, I really tended to like music from a very young age and I, I guess I was privileged to have an opportunity to have lessons and, and practicing and all those kind of things so yeah. Mm. So you're at Western New South Wales, what, in an area like, uh, I don't know, Dungog or Burke, Burke or <laughs> like uh, something like that? Where, yeah, whereabouts in Western New South Wales? So Collyambly is the actual town. Oh. It's it's the newest town in Australia. Most people haven't heard of it. But oh. um, it's, not too, it's not too far from Griffith, which is uh, oh, okay. a, a little bit larger centre, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, so you're out in Collyambly. Yeah, so that's where I grew up. Um, that's where I yeah spent all my time practicing, and then I, I had horses and I did all sorts of things. Mm. I've actually moved to the Sunshine Coast in Queensland now, mm. but um, I've, and I've lived in multiple different places around the country. Mm. So, yeah. 
Amazing. So, you know, you're practicing, you're getting into your music and your, your violin. Uh, but also, I'd love to ask, what was your faith background? And, and you know, how is it that you had an experience and, and came to God? Well, I grew up in, um, in a, actually a very conservative, traditional Christian home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from very young. So we, yeah, we always had morning and evening devotions. We went to um, church every week. Mm. I actually um, was always, you know, had a conviction and a, and, a, and a passion for, you know, following God's will and seeing what God wanted and, and studying um, the Bible and Christian books. Um, it was, I guess, when I was about 15 that I had a bit of a, a crossroads and I was sort of, you know, trying to struggle with which way to go, where to go. Um, I actually had a passion for horses at that time, much more than music. Mm. But yeah, through an through an experience, um, a number of people talking to me, and then you know, I think it was conviction. Um, God was saying, "No, horses is not what's for you. It's something else." And I needed to really um, pray because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to follow the calling that God wanted me to do, even as much as I loved you know, my horses. Um, and then I believe it was a bit of a miracle and, and you know, I got convicted on music and he, he actually, I guess God changed my desire and I guess he can do that in, in people that, you know, are willing to be led by God. So, mm-hmm. and here, here I am, here I am with music. So, um, yeah. And, and, and also I was going to say, I was reading this thing by a Christian author that whatever we do in life, as an occupation, it should be to, you know, it should be to uplift people and, and draw them to God. And um, music was really a good thing in that way. I get to, you know, meet with thousands of people that, um, are, you know, Christians of other faith or not even Christian. And mm. I get to talk to them because the music kind of goes before me, I guess. Mm. Amazing. So you've been convicted, hey, the cowboy life isn't for me. I'm going to go and do music instead. And so what was your experience? You're living out in, uh, I, I'm forgetting the name of the town now. Colliambly. Colliambly, New, New South Wales, newest town. Newest town. The newest there town. you go. The newest, you're in the newest town in New South Wales, out in the sticks, getting it done on the farms, and you're like, have this passion for music come to you. I, I assume you probably started playing violin before you had this kind of conviction because violin is very difficult. Or maybe you started right then. I'm not sure. When 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 did your journey with the violin actually begin? Yeah, no, well, I received my first violin when I was eight years old. I'd already been talking about learning violin uh, for, I think, a year or two. Mm-hmm. So I've wanted to play violin for as long as I can remember. Wow. Um, but unfortunately, being polyambly, there were no teachers. Mm. So I, I fiddled away and struggled a bit myself um, until finally there was a teacher a few years later. So I didn't start actually having lessons that young. I was about 12. Mm. Um, and, yeah, but then I, I I went for it after that. I actually had learned the piano first for mm. a few years. Um, I think that helps with musically a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But then, yeah, after, after that I've, I've been learning like the whole time having lessons on and off until just 
a couple of years ago, I feel like I've been practicing and having lessons almost my whole life. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, so is someone moved to Collie Amberley and was like, hey, now you have the opportunity to do lessons? Yeah, from Melbourne. They moved up, they played in our local competition um, thing that I was playing in, that I was playing the piano in at that time. Mm-hmm. And then they said they were moving, and yeah, that was that was a bit of an answer to prayer or a, or a dream come true for mm. me. Yeah. So, and so um, you go under their wing, you start learning the violin, and obviously, like, kind of, my deduction was correct because most people start violin very, very young. Yeah, and then you come to this time when you're 15, you're like, oh no, music is the way to go. You know, I, I think there are many people out there who play instruments, but what was the kind of steps for you in saying, okay, no, I want this to be a, a considerable part of my life and I want to be a master at this particular instrument and, you know, I'm going to do these certain things with my instrument for God. How did that process happen? Well, that actually, I think the seed started or planted a lot earlier. I, I guess I was about nine or ten. I was driving tractors. We have a lot of time to listen to things. Back then, it was cassettes. And I had a cassette of um, Jamie George, which is a, some people have heard of him. He's a Christian violinist who travels all around the world. Um, and I was, I guess, inspired by listening to him playing Christian music. Um, and then a bit later on, I heard, I watched him live and, and heard his testimonies and stories. Mm. I was very inspired by that, I, I guess. And so, uh, you know, telling, telling Christian stories, uplifting experiences, playing Christian music and, and music that really is soulful gets down into the soul. Mm. Um, I, I was, so I, I wanted to do that kind of thing, I guess, from, from fairly young, um, and and it was just a matter of how and when, um, yeah. And then when I was fifteen and having that struggle again, and and I went back to saying, "All right, this is what I'm what I'm going to do." It was I knew the direction I wanted to go if it was going to be music. So. Mm. Okay, so yeah. you you're like committed to music now we kind of fast forward to the present day and i'm I'm sitting here looking at a flyer in front of me hayden wiseman in concert cd launch journey of promise you've got a new project coming out which is called uh, journey of promise how did that come together What, what was the process in in you know deciding okay i'm gonna put out this album i'm gonna bring people in or maybe you self produce how did that take place yeah, so I was performing fairly well full time. This album happened a while ago, just before COVID, or just as COVID was coming in. Um, I just haven't had a chance to promote it until like recently. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I was. <laughs> that was a bit of a story in itself. I had to travel. I actually produced that album in Perth. Mm-hmm. With a number of um, brilliant musicians, very good musicians, um, uh, and yeah, we got our cathedral that I was going to hire that was cancelled on us. It was as all the restrictions were happening in March 2020, um, but the studio was able to have us at late notice. The musicians were able to bring their schedules forward somehow, mm-hmm. and what would have been a three-week project, we actually got done in. Uh, five days. Wow. Um, and which was a bit of a, a miracle in a way, I guess. And yeah, we, we completed that and then I got home and then we produced it a few months later. 
but I, that was in 2020, so I just didn't really have a chance to promote that at all, hardly a little bit online, but, um, yeah, not, not really that much until recently. So, mm. Yeah. So you've you've crunched your way through the recording process. You've gone and produced it. You've made this album, and now you are get, getting getting the launch done, uh, specifically in Clarkson, SEA Church in WA. So this is happening on the seventeenth of September, which is in you know next month. Uh, this performance yep. is happening there, and I can see on the flyer as well that it is a Pathfinder fundraiser too. So how is that taking place? Yeah, so there's a few things. Um, there's four churches, Pathfinder clubs of four churches raising funds for their, um, their different projects. And they will be coming and running some, uh, food selling stands at their church there before the concert. Mm. Um, at six o'clock. So all of those proceeds will go to Pathfinders. Then their concert itself, all the proceeds, there'll be a collection taken up. Um, and a portion of all those proceeds will, will go to, um, Pathfinders as well. So mm. it's a great opportunity for people to come and support the youth and all those projects. I think it's a very good cause, mm. but then, uh, but then also it, it, it supports the music. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a great thing. And they, you know, obviously everyone that comes to a concert gets, um, inspired and uplifted from the music as well. So. That's right. It's a it's a win 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 situation. For those who don't know, Pathfinder is essentially Christian scouts. So you know, it's a, an amazing thing for young people, and by young people, I mean really young people, um, to engage in to learn all kinds of skills, like whether it's knot tying or hiking or all kinds of things. I've uh, had some interactions with Pathfinders before, and you know, kids join and just learn so much. I know so many people who went through the Pathfinder system who were so blessed by it and so you guys are doing the work of being able to to raise money for that so that pathfinding clubs can run in wa but it's good as well to know like yeah musicians are struggling uh, always it seems like and uh <laughs> it's awesome to know that the proceeds are going to you as well so i guess my last question is yeah like when is this event happening and, and how do people get into contact with you yes yeah, so they can get on my website haydenwiseman.com um, and see all my different events, see the specific details of the events. Um, this, this particular concert, the Clarkson one is 17th of September. It's a Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Obviously get there at six because that's when the Pathfinder, um, mm. the, the food is happening. Um, yeah, it's a free concert really. So you don't necessarily have to book. You can just, um, come along and then, um, you have an opportunity to um, support uh, financially, and then also, yeah, I have uh, I'll have some use my music and merchandise and everything like that available at the end. So, um, yeah, so that's 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 a really good one. There are a few other events that I'm doing in in Perth at the time, but yeah, you can see that on my website, HaydenWiseman dot com. So. Amazing. And if you need any information about that, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text here at Faith FM. Hayden, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, thank you very much for having me. If I could just mention my Facebook page, people can follow me as well, Hayden Wiseman Violinist. That's Facebook page you can follow and like, Insta page, Hayden Wiseman Music, and then, yes, of course, my website. So, yeah. Epic. Well, we will be listening to one of your songs right now. This is Hayden Wiseman with Great is the Lord.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.